Well, good morning. My students are sitting here. I teach a class. You will get extra credit for standing. Thank you so much. And raises to everybody over there that stood. Okay, okay, okay. Um, thank you, Dr. Leibengood, for that gracious introduction. And good morning, North Central. Happy Friday. Come on, happy Friday. Well, it is a joy and a privilege to be able to serve here as the Executive Vice President. I want to start off doing what we do when a speaker comes up, introduce my family. And uh, actually, I have my wife right here on the front row. Linda, would you stand, please? Yes. And Linda is the love of my life, my best friend. Uh, such a joy to do uh, life together with you. We've been together now, married over 21 years. We have, yeah, 21 going on. 70, babe, we're going to make 70. Okay. Um, we have three great kids, Lexi, Ashlyn, and Drew. Lexi's in ninth grade, Ashlyn's in eighth, and Drew is in sixth grade. And I just love my family, passionate about my family. Uh, you might ask me, what are my hobbies? I'd say I have four hobbies. Linda, Lexi, Ashlyn, and Drew. Whatever they're involved in, I lean in. So that's often taking them, uh, you might say I'm an unpaid Uber driver, taking them to all their practices every night, uh, all sorts of fun things between volleyball and basketball and track and swimming. And uh, we're heavily engaged, involved in our church. We live over in Woodbury, the east side of the Twin Cities. Oh, come on. Woodbury, and uh, we, we attend River Valley, the Woodbury campus, helped launch that campus four and a half years ago, serve as deacons, and love what God's doing through River Valley. You know, the thing I enjoy most about North Central are the people. The students are incredible. We have a group of faculty here that are so committed to mentoring and preparing our students, this next generation. We have a group of staff that are so committed, many of them serving behind the scenes so that you, the students, that are, and our faculty have what they need to do what they need to do here. And uh, we just have an incredible group of faculty and staff, and many of them are in the room today. I'm gonna ask if they will all stand. And students, let's give them a big cheer and a round for the work they do, if you will all stand. We do have an incredible faculty and staff here at the university. Well, as I've been praying the last few weeks, saying, Lord, what would you want me to share with North Central? And as I've been praying about that and really seeking God's direction, I feel like he wants me to share part of my story, part of my leadership journey over the last 25 years, and specifically to look at four tests. I know this time of the year, you might be like, ooh, test, oh, whoa, okay, four tests. Not that kind of test in class, but four tests that I've experienced in my leadership and life over the past 25 years, and I'm excited to share that with you today, but I want to start off and with a word of prayer, if you'll bow your heads with me. Father, thank you so much for each person in this room. Thank you that you have a purpose, a plan, a destiny for each one. Lord, right now, we just give you this next 25 minutes we just give it to you. We pray that you would speak through me, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, you'd speak through me and share whatever you want to share with each person in this room. Give us an open heart. Give us an open mind to receive from you. And Lord, it's so that you'll be glorified in our lives. It's so you'll receive all the praise and all the honor. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, I was born and raised in Michigan. We have any Michigan people in the house? 
Go blue. That's right. That's right. And uh, was born and raised in Michigan and had a great upbringing. I will tell you, straight up, my f- parents were amazing. Christians uh, loved Jesus, served me to love Jesus. We're married for 40 plus years till my dad passed away, and it was just a great upbringing. In high school, I was very engaged in all different sorts of leadership opportunities, uh, sports, captain of the sports team, just really engaged at, at the public high school I attended. You might say I really tried to leverage my influence to bring people closer to Christ. That was really important to me. Well, fast forward, after I graduated, I went to school in Missouri and uh, a Christian university and had a great first semester. So much fun. I studied a little bit. Now, you stu- students, you study a lot. You study a lot. I learned the hard way you have to study to get good grades. But I had a great first semester. It was so much fun. I was serving, loving Jesus. It was, it was awesome. And then second semester, things began to go very wrong for my, in my life. Very wrong. It would be the whole message for me to unpack some of the terrible decisions I made, some of the things that happened in my life that really, by mid-semester of, of that second semester, not only was I not serving Jesus, but if you asked me, I would tell you I am not a Christian, and I want nothing to do with that. It's amazing how the enemy can put scales on your eyes. And there were things that happened that caused me to go, and it was decisions I made that caused me to go the wrong direction. Well, during that season of my life, I will tell you that not only was I not serving him, but I was passionately bringing people away from Christ. I was using my influence, and I may not have known it then, but looking back now, I was using my influence to take people further away from Jesus. This leads us to the first test that you will have in life and leadership. How will you use your influence? How are you going to use your influence? You see, we don't live on an island. None of us live on an island. We interact every day with people around us. And we have an impact with people around us. Needless to say, I was not using my influence at that season of my life to bring people closer to Jesus, but the complete opposite. How about you? Moment of reflection. Maybe you're serving the Lord, but is your influence speaking life over the people around you? Are you an encouragement around the people that you interact with every day? Maybe some of you, and I would guess in a room this size, that there are some of you that may be where I was at in my life at that time. Where not only, not only were you not serving the Lord, but you were probably, if you were to reflect right now, you're probably taking people away from Christ based upon your influence. Well, here's the good news, if that's you, or for all of us in the room. Man, God's good. Man, he's good. And about a year after such craziness in my life, I reached a point where the scales were removed. And I was like, what am I doing? This, this life is going very, very poorly. And you know what? The common thing here is I, I don't have God in my life anymore. I don't have Jesus at the center. And I came forward in an, an altar service, at a, a service similar to this, and I came forward and said, Lord, it's you and me. Forgive me. And I, from that day on, I decided I'm going to use my influence to bring people closer to Christ rather than further away. So that's the first test in leadership in life. It's probably the most important test, right? How are you going to use your influence? How will you use your influence? Well, after I graduated, Linda and I got married. Uh, We both were in ministry and business. 
And I say it that way intentionally because I believe we're all called to ministry. Some of us are in business, some of us are in the pulpit, all are very important, some of us in the classroom. Well, God called us to ministry and business and we were doing that for four to five years, uh, about five years, and we were loving life. It was great. Uh, We were part of a church plant Uh, As deacons of that church plant, it was going very well. We were running about 1,200 people, and it was just busting at the seams. It was going great. And all of a sudden, the Lord kind of began to speak to our hearts. He began to share with us what we believed was that he was calling us to leave our jobs in ministry and business and move into ministry as a pastor. Now, we hadn't studied that in school. We, we didn't, we, I was like, Lord, are you, really? It was, it was a surprise to me. It came out of the blue. And I want to unpack for you because it wasn't the first time in my life where that happened. There was many times where the Lord would, would lead us and direct us. But I want to unpack for you what we went through during that season to try to really hear God's voice. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me, when you seek me with all your heart. Here's the first filter you might say that we put it through. We said, okay, number one, does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with the word of God? Students, use these filters in your life. Does it line up with the word of God? Because God is not going to direct us to do something that's contrary to his word. Amen? He's not going to do that. That's not how he works. The second thing is pray. And then after you prayed, pray some more, and then pray some more, and then keep praying some more. And by the way, when you pray, remember it's a two-way conversation. Sometimes you just got to be quiet. You got to listen. You got to listen to the Lord. He's going to speak to you. He's faithful that way. But I love at North Central on Wednesdays that we model for you that it's a discipline to do prayer and fasting. There are some things that only can happen through prayer and fasting. The Bible says when you fast, not if you fast, right? So when you fast, so we prayed, we fasted, we sought the Lord. What do you want? Is this a major move you want us to make in our life? The third thing, the first, third thing I would recommend for you, seek godly counsel from mentors. Now, first step is you have to have mentors and godly counsel in your life. That's a whole other message. But seek godly counsel and mentors and we talk with our pastor, with other mentors, and we said, does this line up with who you see that we are? Does this, does this make sense? And so we went through those process. But 10 months in, we felt, we believe this is what God wants us to do, but this leads to our ne- the next test. We had to take the, the step of will you step out in faith? You see, God didn't write it in the cloud for us. He didn't, he didn't speak audibly to us. We went through the filter of his word, through prayer and fasting, through seeking counsel, and we said, okay, okay, here we go. We both handed in our resignation. We're going to step and believe the Red Sea will part. It didn't part before we stepped, right? We had to step out and trust God, believe it was him. Will you step out in faith when you feel God leading that direction? John Ortberg's book, Many, many of you might know John Artbrook is a great Christian author, leader, pastor. Back in that time, it was 2002, 
he had a book called If You Want to Walk on Water, You Have to Get Out of the Boat. And it's referring to Peter in the boat with Jesus on the water. You can kind of figure out what's going on here, right? But the reality is, if you want to walk on the water, you have to get out of the boat. Too many Christians miss out on the amazing adventure God has for their life because they're too afraid to step out in faith. They're too, God, if you make it crystal clear, I will step out. But if you don't write it in the sand for me, I'm just going to stay, I'm going to stay still. Well, we made a decision in our lives to step out. And there are another half dozen stories I could share where God was leading us in that direction. But I want to say this. It's not always those large situations. It often starts with the small situations. It starts with the Holy Spirit leading you to pray for someone and being obedient. It's the Holy Spirit leading you to be generous with your finances to help someone and being obedient and stepping out in faith. It's any number of small things where you begin to go, okay, I think I hear God's voice. And it kind of sets you up for those large situations where you go, okay, I believe this is God's direction. So how about you right now? Is there something in your life that you feel God is leading you towards, leading you to do? It could be something small in our eyes, but it could be huge in somebody else's life. How about you? Is there something right now? And I encourage you, if you're feeling that, put it through the test of what does the word of God say? Pray and fast. Seek godly counsel. And then as he gives you peace, step out. Step out in faith. I've made a decision in my life. This is the decision that Linda and I together as a family, we decided. We said, we would rather take the risk. We would rather take the risk to step out in faith and it ends up not being God than to not step out in faith and miss him. We'd rather take that risk. Now again, hear me. Not recklessness, Word of God, prayer, fasting, seeking counsel. But then, friends, you got to get out of the boat. You got to get out of the boat. You got to take that step of faith. And I would much rather be like, well, maybe, maybe I missed God on that. Now, let me also say this. Seven years ago, God led us, after a long period of time, to leave Minnesota. We had lived there 20, uh, 20 years with friends, family. It was a great environment. We loved it. But we felt God leading us to Minnesota really, Lord, with all the snow, really? And he was. And we stepped out. And I love to say that whenever you step out in faith and you trust him, that everything goes perfect. Like there's no problems. But I remember the first snowstorms that year. There were problems. There were big problems. I remember sitting in my car just shivering like, it is so cold here. You know, those of you visiting from, from a warm place, that's only one day a year. So, but will you step out in faith? So the first test today is, how will you use your influence? The second test, will you step out in faith? This leads me to our, my third test that I want to talk about this morning. Will you guard your heart? Man, this is a hard one for me. Complete transparency, this is a hard one for me. Will you guard your heart? Will you guard your heart specifically, I want to talk about, against hurt? against bitterness, against picking up offenses. As a leader and in your life, this is a battle that you'll have to constantly overcome and have God help you to guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, which means it's kind of important, 
Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You've got to guard your heart. I remember my oldest daughter, Lexi, uh, that was born 15, a little over 15 years ago, and uh, we were serving at the church as pastors, and uh, man, what, a, what an amazing thing to have your daughter, first daughter born. Uh, I was what they call today an executive pastor. They didn't have that title back then, but basically leading the staff and leading, leading the ministries. And uh, we had a couple staff member turnover, so I was kind of taking on those roles in the interim as well. And it was, it was a crazy season. I was burning it at both ends. And I remember I had an interaction with a couple families, and I was not gracious. I was not gracious. I was the opposite of gracious, and I knew that. And, you know, you could easily say, well, I was tired, but you know what? You can't use that as an excuse. You can't use, I was tired. So, but I responded in a poor way. And I'd love to finish the story and say, these friends of mine who had served in ministry with us for a few years, few years, I'd love to say, they came to me and they said, man, we're concerned about you. We love you. That wasn't you. What's going on? Oh, but that's not how the story went. Said they decided to go to my boss, right? They went to my pastor and they said, hey, we're concerned about him, you know, and shared their concern. And so pastor called me in. He said, man, what's going on? I know you're burning at both ends, but dude, you can't, you can't treat people that way. I was like, man, I own it. Absolutely in the wrong. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll meet with them. I'll apologize. But pastor, I have a question for you. These are people I love and that love me. Why didn't they come to me? Why, why didn't they come? Why did they go to my boss? Like, like that hurts. Like that hurts. And he said something to me that I've taken the rest of my leadership life in life. He said, listen, you have to guard your heart. You have to guard your heart. I know it hurts, but you need to learn this lesson. You have to guard your heart. If you allow bitterness, if you allow hurt, if you allow offense into your heart, you will not fulfill the destiny God has from you because out of your heart, everything flows. Everything flows. So I had to forgive and ask for forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 very clearly says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. It's very clear. And I'd love to also tell you the story that that was the only time in my life that I ever hurt someone, offended someone, or myself got hurt or offended. But we know that would be a lie. Like, we're people. We're people, and we're going to make mistakes, right? We're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt each other. Self-awareness is a very important thing. And one thing I'm very self-aware about is that I can be easily offended. I know that about myself. I can pick up an offense. The last 20 years, I've prayed. I've said, God, help me to be more gracious with people. Help me not to be easily offended. Some of you, anybody in the room can relate, and you're easily offended. Or maybe your friend next to you is easily offended. Okay, maybe, okay. Some of you are offended that I asked you if you're easily offended. You're like offended at me right now, you know. But here's what I've learned in, in my leadership journey. If you pick up an offense and easily pick up a fence and, and you don't see the best in people and you don't forgive people, you don't give grace to people, you're going to end up being mad at everybody, Right? You're going to be mad at everybody. Well, this person did this, and this person did, I can't, this person did this. Well, they did that. You're going to end up going through life mad at everybody, and that's no way to live. You have to guard your heart. You have to forgive those that offend you. 
Mark eleven twenty five says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. You have to guard your heart. So the first test is how will you use your influence? The second, will you step out in faith? The third, will you guard your heart? And the fourth test today is how will you handle success? You may have thought I was going to say, how will you handle failure? But I got to tell you, when I fail, it drives me to my knees. Oh, God, would you help me, please? Right? It makes you go, Lord, I need you. I can't do this without you. But when you succeed, the temptation is, I got this, Lord. Right? God, I know you've got a lot of things going on in the world. I got this. I'm all, I'm good. Or maybe help me with these things, but I got these things, right? And what's the temptation is that you begin to let pride into your life. James 4, 6 says very clearly, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He opposes. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. When we have success, the temptation is that we don't need God. The temptation is we're going to take his glory. Students, when you graduate with that degree from North Central, and you're going to, you're going to. Yeah. The temptation, though, you're going to have a danger you have to overcome. When you get that first promotion, and you're going to, there's a temptation that you're going to face. When your salary doubles, yes, in Jesus' name. When your salary doubles, there's a subtle test that you're going to face. You cannot avoid it. Now, don't get me wrong. It is great to have success. Every good and perfect gift comes from God, amen? It's great to have success. But be careful. Because every blessing of God, every blessing of God carries with it the leadership test of success. The time of your greatest leadership test may not be when you fail, but when you succeed. I gotta tell you, our student body has got some serious skills and serious talent in this room. Many of you, you're leading worship, you're in music, you're athletes, you're scholars, you're student leaders, you're doing amazing, and people are telling you, you're doing amazing. They're giving you praise, they're giving you accolades, and that's awesome. Watch Proverbs 27, verse 21. It says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. A person is tested by being praised. How will you handle success? Will you allow pride into your life? Or will you stay humble? Will you take the glory from the Lord? Or will you give him all the praise that he is due? How will you handle success? I'm going to invite the musician to come at this time. So today I've described four tests in my life that I've experienced that have been a challenge. And I know for many of you, you're like, hey, I just took a test this week and thank God I never have to take that test again, right? It was tough. And I'd love to tell you that the four tests I've described are ones that you only have to pass it once and never again. But that's not true. These four tests I've described today They're ones that you will face constantly in your life, in your journey with Christ. That first test of how will you use your influence? Will you lead people closer to Jesus or further from him? 
A second test. Will you step out in faith? Will you step out in obedience in the small things and the large items as well? Will you live a great adventure to trust God wherever he would lead you to go? That third test, will you guard your heart? Will you guard your heart against all hurt, bitterness, and offense? And our fourth test, how will you handle success? Will you take God's glory? Will you be filled with pride? Or will you stay humble? This semester I've had the joy, it has been a joy to teach a class. And many of my students are in the room and they are, they are incredible. And uh, it's the first time I've taught at North Central. It's, it's been such a, such a privilege. And through that experience, what I've learned is, and I already kind of knew this, I already knew this. I've learned how awesome this student body is. Like, you guys, you guys are going places. You have amazing talents. You have amazing giftings. And God has an incredible, incredible plan for your life. My prayer today is I've opened up my life and I've shared about the four tests that I've experienced. My prayer is that you'll take something today that will challenge you. My prayer is that down the road when you graduate from this place and you begin to serve in the ministry wherever God places you, in education or business or social work or in the church, that you'll remember these tests and as they come up, you'll pass them with flying colors. And through that, Jesus will get so much praise and all the glory and all the honor and people will be drawn close to you saying, I have to know about this Jesus. I have to know about this Jesus. Tell me about him. Tell me about all that's in your life. That's my prayer for you. Pass these four tests. I want to invite everybody to stand at this time as we close in prayer. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we're your children. Thank you that you love us, that you care about us. Thank you that you do have an amazing plan for each person in this room. And God, I ask that you would help each of us as we face these tests, that we would use our influence to bring people closer to you, Lord. God, that as you lead us to step out, we would step out in faith in the small things, the large things, and we'd live a life that would say, yes, we would rather take the chance that we've missed you than the chance that it was you and we ignored your voice. God, we don't want that. We want to follow your voice and your direction. Lord, help us to guard our hearts. Your word is so clear that all things flow, flow from it. Help us to guard against hurt and bitterness. Help us to guard against offense. Help us to, to love and forgive freely and to receive that love and forgiveness freely as well. And God, as we succeed and we know that you're going to help us to have success and that you're going to get glory through that, help us not to be filled with pride, but to stay humble, to be used by you so that your kingdom is glorified. You, Lord, your kingdom is furthered and you are glorified. We pray all of these things in the mighty, mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody said... Amen. Well, North Central, have a great weekend. The altars are open if you want to come pray. You are dismissed.